We're at the very last line of Daf Ayin here on the base, and we're starting off with a very important machlokas. By the way, basic kashras dinim are applied over here in today's Daf, so it's not uh, limited to Hilchas Pesach, it's very relevant in all areas of halacha. Itmar, we have here machlokas amoroim. Cham lesoch cham. Yes, we're going on the topic of mixtures, prohibited mixtures, and we do understand that there's a big difference between cold and cold mixtures and hot mixtures. If there's uh, if there's something cold, it's much easier to to separate them back out from each other. There isn't really absorption in cold. Okay, that's that's one very important halacha. Okay, so basically, you know. Um, somebody by accident took a fleshig spoon and he scooped out some dairy cottage cheese and put it on his plate. So no. what, what, do you, what do you do with the spoon? Uh, the answer is, you don't have to throw it out. You don't have to be toivel, you don't have to toivel it in the mikvah and you don't have to be kashering it. It's cold. So cold. Oh, in the earth. Right, well, uh, yeah, there, that's the, that, if there is a halacha when earth applies... Um, but it's more limited. It's not as broad as people think. Everyone just knows what it is. They, people, uh, I remember, I remember my mother, my mother I remember seeing her grandmother and she was like, why are we planting spoons? <laughs> why are we planting? Why, like, like, what are we planting knives for? What's all that all about? It's in cases of doubt. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. You can put it in the... Yeah, right. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't do nothing. Anyway, but... <laughs> anyway, so so that's what so what the the halacha is and very important. The halacha is basically that cold things don't absorb. That's the concept. Okay, cold things. So you wash it off with soap and and and, and then you're good to go. So when there's heat, there's absorption, and that's where you start dealing with things. Now, sometimes now, so that's where we're going to get into today's discussion. So itmar, we have your machlokas amoraim cham l'socham. If you have a hot thing on bottom and the hot thing falls into the hot thing, there's going to be a transfer of flavors. So in other words, I have a, uh, uh, a, hot, a hot chicken soup and a hot pizza. The hot pizza falls into the hot chicken soup. No question about it. Okay. We got problems. Okay. See, yeah, whatever. Oh, maybe there's a little bashishim, but at least, but the point being is that there's a transfer. The key element is that there's a transfer of uh, there's absorption. Yes, yeah, so that's for sure. Divri also that creates iser. No question about it. Tzonin l'sok tzonin. And if you have cold that comes into cold, also, it's just wash it off. So even if a piece of cold meat you know, falls into my, uh, my uh, dairy uh, pasta dish, whatever it is, and there's with cheese and everything, then if it, everything's cold, we'll see. We're going to get to a little more. But divri alkal mutter, it's possible to, if it's possible to clean off something. If it's cracked, we're going to get to more details. But that's the simple read. Hot to hot is for sure a problem. Cold to cold is generally mutter. We'll see more about it. Divri alkal mutter. Oh, so where's the machlok? Is cham You have something hot that fell into something cold. Or there's something cold that falls into something hot. So the question is, which wins, the top or the bottom? Is the thing that falling, which is the top, the one that affects the thing on the bottom, and the hot thing that comes into the cold is going to heat up the cold and make it also hot, and then there will be a transfer of flavors? Or 
the other way around. So that's the machlokas. Rav Amr Ilo'o Gavar, the thing that's on top wins. And therefore, if the top is hot, there's transfer of flavors. And if the top is cold, there is no transfer of flavors. Ushmol Amar, Pont Fakir, exactly the opposite. Tata Gavar, it's the bottom thing that has more power over the one that's on top. And therefore, if the bottom thing's hot, then there will be a transfer of flavors, and that's where there's going to be absorption and there's going to be ister transfer. And if it's the other way around, if the bottom thing's cold and the top thing's hot, then it's, then it's tato govar and it's, going to be, and it's not going to be absorption of flavors. Now, don't, we, no, don't yet paskin on the basis of this dispute. We're going to first have to clarify what we're talking about. So now, let's think about our Mishnah as it applies to this. This machlokas. So tonight we learned in our Mishnah, Notaf mirot cheres, the Jews from the Korban Pesach fell onto the earthenware. Okay, it dripped down, and vechazer elav, and that drip bounced off the wall and came back in to you know hit you know hit the wall and came back into the to the to the to the meat. And what did we say? Yitolas mekomo. That's like that portion is getting cooked from that juice. Now, we're thinking that we're talking about a cold piece of the cold, it's touching cold earthenware. So, if it's touching cold earthenware, if you hold like Rav, then it makes a lot of sense. Why is he telling us Makoma? Damri Logavi says it's Ilogavi. So, therefore, Mishamachi, he tells us Makoma. The Azul Rotev, the Rotev is coming off hot, right? It's the hot, it's the hot Krompesach uh, that's being cooked. It drips onto the cold Cheres. It heats up the cold cheres. Now it now what happens? So therefore, does the rotev meratech lo the cheres? Vahadar cheres meratech lo rotev. And then once the cheres becomes hot, it's heating up that juice. And vechiadar rotev a pesach kamatzi pesach. And then it's going to be hot and go bounce back onto the pesach. It's cooking the pesach machmas chamimusa the cheres, and it's based on the heat of the cheres. And that's the problem. This is roasted from the koyach of the earthenware and not from the fire. And that's why it's a problem. So according to Rav, the construct makes a lot of sense. This, if you understand, this is the case. According to Shmuel, it says that the thing on the bottom is what wins. So since the cheres is cold, so therefore it will beat out the juice that's, that was up. And therefore, it's going to basically make it cool. And so, amayitos makomo. If a piece of cold uh, juice comes onto the, touches, drips back into the, into the, uh, in, into the uh, meat. So, why would you have to take out the entire place? So the Gemara answers, like Rabbi Yirmiya said in Shmuel in the next case, bisolus rosachas that the by the case of the flour that it touches. Um, the fine flour, it's, it was heated and it was already hot. The case over here is we don't have a wall that's like stone cold. We have a wall that's boiling hot also. So therefore, even if you say, the, the wall heats up the, 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 it will overpower the rotate and heat it. And then when it comes back into the, into the meat, if it bounces back in, it's going to you know, cook it again. From the from the cheres, so the mission is not a raya to Rav. Okay. Tanan we learned in the mission not of mirot v'ala solas. 
we said that if some of the juices lands on this solas, then you have to do a kmitza. We thought this solas was cool, cold. So Bishlama the Rav, same question like before. Makes sense, like Rav the Amr Ilagav, he says the upper thing wins. So that's why you need a major kmitza. The thing that drops in, where the juice that drops onto the solas will heat it up. The Hadar Hudrine. Um, and then it goes back, and then it gets cooked basically from the solas, which was heated from it. And then the juice is being heated up back, it like bounces back from the solas onto it. That's the problem, that's why you have to t- remove it. If, and it's cold uh, solas, so Kibbutz Ditsonen as he. Since it's cool, Akurika Maker Lot is going to basically cool off the drip of hot uh, juice from the Korb Pesach. So, Lama Li Yikmat says, Why would you have to take a whole meat on the place where it is? Um, it, it shouldn't be required. So, Rabbi Amir Shmuel, this is the same answer as before. We're talking about where it's already uh, boiling hot, and that's why. Okay. Therefore, even though it's the tata, but it's hot and it's and it and it creates and it transfers flavor. Tanan. So bringing it to the next raya. Sachel b'shem shel truma. We said if you rubbed it with oil of truma, im chaburas kainim, and if everyone in the chaburas kainim, beautiful, no problem. Yaklu, it should eat it. Not a problem. Im shel Yisrael, if it belongs to Yisrael. Im chayu, if it's raw, yadichenu, you can just rinse it off. Because it really is no absorption. You just wash it off well. A little bit of soap. I'm kidding. But whatever. Just very scrub it well. And it's fine. If it's roasted, you just have to peel the outermost layer. And uh, why do I have to peel off the outermost layer? That's the question. Like Rav, says that the upper thing wins. That's why all you need is a klipa. It's on it. Because the oil is assumingly applied on the roast meat is cold. And therefore, it only absorbs a teeny bit of a klipa. So we're seeing, by the way, an interesting, you know, caveat here. Like, even in Rav, who says he loves Gavar, klipa, it does absorb. Not just, not, just the, like the bare amount that you could peel off, there's still going to be that level of absorption. That's why that's sufficient. Because it's, it's the, the bottom, which is the, the roast, whatever the, the, the Korb Pesach is the hot thing the oil when you rub oil on it's cold obviously um, so therefore in the upper thing it cool, is really cooling it down but according to Shmuel who says that the bottom thing is the, big, is the pow- more powerful thing so then the oil is getting cooked basically by the, by the Korban since it's hot now, and then the oil is really getting absorbed deeper in. Why? Why is, uh, why is the klipa sufficient? It should be completely prohibited. Um, and you, you should, you know, basically, there's no way that Israel could be able to eat this kompesach. It has oil of, uh, of chuma that's absorbed in because it, the, the, uh, the, the heat, the bottom wins. So the answer is, Shani Sicha Demashu Be'almahu Davida. The difference is, is that you don't put much oil when you're rubbing it on the surface. It's just brushing on a little bit of oil on the surface. And therefore, since it's so little, it doesn't really absorb much and it's not going to go that far. 
That's the, that's the answer. So we got out of that one. It's not a raya against Shmuel. Tanya Kavasid Shmuel, there is, a, however, a brisa that does support Shmuel. Cham Socham, if it's hot into hot, Asr is prohibited. Vechein Tonishen Asr Socham, and if also cold into hot, Asr is also Asr. Cham Socham, hot to cold, Vechon Socham, or cold to cold, Mediach, you just rinse it and you're good to go. Cham Socham, Mediach, if it's hot into cold, you rinse. Kivin the Chamoa, the Makerly, since it actually is hot when it comes in, Till it cools down, um, isn't it going to be at least a little bit of absorption? That's the idea. Even if you say, but it takes time. And in that moment, while it's something hot falling into something cold, isn't it going to create at least a little bit of absorption till it wins over it to cool it down? We should at least require klipa. So we have to indeed amend this price a little bit. If it's hot into cold, where the cold really wins, kolev, then you just peel the surface. So cold into cold, you just have to rinse it. And that's the and that's the answer to how to explain it. But the bottom line is, we are still seeing that it's tato gavar in this brisa. And by the way, spoiler alert: um, in this question, this halacha normally. And uh, whenever we have a machlok as Rav and Shmuel, the halach is kerav bi'isuri. We pass on like Rav when it comes to matter of Isr v'hater. This obviously falls under the category of Isr v'hater. However, that being said, the, the Rashi says that the Pesach halach here is like Shmuel, and that is because of these brises that are going along with Shmuel. It's the more, you know, it seems to be the correct opinion. Okay. Tanyi that we have here, another brisa. Basar Rosech, have a boiling hot meat. That falls into very hot milk. Okay? Or cold into cold. Um, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. Um, um, I, I jumped one second. Or cold that falls into hot. All of, both of those, it's completely outside. There's nothing you can do to fix it up. If it's hot into cold, or cold into cold, all you have to do is rinse it. Why is that good enough? Given the chamo the maker lay, it's gonna have a little bit of absorption. Kalipa me and Ibai should require at least a peeling off of a klipa. So the Gemara says, You're right, Allah Ema, rather I'll say, if it's hot into cold. Cold. That's the luck. You do have to peel it off. But if it's cold to cold, all you have to do is rinse it, and it's good. Now, Amar Mar. We said before, all you have to do is rinse it. Amar Avuna, there's a major qualifier on this. Okay, So I said, don't jump to conclusions yet. There's other factors. So first of all, Ravuna says, That's if it's not salted. But if the salted avamolcho asserts forbidden, why? Salting is the same as hot, even if it's cold, it's hot. So that's like a, a, another factor that you didn't think of, but uh, it's actually a way of cooking. Um, you can cure meat by just salting it, and it actually has the similar effect of breaking down the, I don't know, whatever it is, the same thing that cooking does. That's what salting can do to, to, um, to affect the food and make it as if it's cooked. 
and it's considered like it's hot. And therefore, as far as absorption goes, it's the same halakha. Kavush, pickling, um, that's also, that's like bishul. It's the same thing like bishul because the power of staying in the liquid for a period of time qualifies as, uh, um, uh, to affect it, okay? Um, that's kavush. Okay. <clears throat> and that's all for Shmuel's statement. Now, Amir Rabba. No, 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 no. You, some of them you could just rinse it off. You know, it's, not, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You put a pot into a boiling milk, you rinse it off. No, 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 no. Don't, don't say that. Amar Rava. Rava says, Hadamr Shmuel, that which Shmuel says, that salt is like boiling. There's a qualifier. It's not just, you know, you sprinkled a few, you know, a little bit of kosher salt to flavor it. That's not what we mean by salting. It's so salty that it's beyond eating. Meaning, it, right now, you're putting on a layer of salt that's more than the amount of, that, you would be, that would be able to be consumed. If it's just well salted, but it's still in the edible, not too salty, then lo, that doesn't have the power of, of uh, Roseach. So we have here a story. How about Guzla? There was a young uh, bird. Uh, and it fell into a container, a jug of Kimcha. Now, Kimcha is Kutach. Kutach is a dairy dip. So you have a bird that fell into sour cream. Now, by the way, that dairy dip has a, a high salt content. They make the, it's, it's made out of like spoiled milk and a bunch of other delicious. Um, you know, ingredients. One of them is salt. There's a nice amount of salt. Okay? And Sharia, and it, they said, it's no problem. He said, no problem. Just wash it off. It's good to go. Why? Because it's cold. Who is so wise to allow something like this? If not for that great rabbi, the Gavra Rabbi is a great man. And um he'll tell you, yes, it's true that Shmuel holds Maliach but that's Sha'inachmas Mokha, that's only where it's not so salty that you can that you can uh, that only when it's so salty that you cannot eat it. Hi this is eaten this way. It's a salty dip, no question about it. Um, you know, it's not good for people who are high blood pressure, but that being said, it's still edible. That's how they eat it. They eat it that salty, so it's fine. And therefore, it doesn't have this what effect. Even, even the salt is edible because people eat the salt, not by itself. It's on bread. No, the dip is meant to be eaten that salty. That's the way it is. It's a salty food. But, but uh, there's some levels of saltiness that it's, it's not really edible. You need, it needs to be uh, cut. You know, uh, you can't eat so much, it's so salty. And when they do salt it, how do you eat it? <laughs> if you're salting it so much, then how are you going to ever eat it? The answer is, is that you, it, right now you can't eat it, but you rinse it off, or like, and then they wash it, or they soak it, whatever, to get off some of the saltiness. That's how it gets edible. Okay. But in the meantime, it gets cured in the salt. Uh, so this is the other requirement. This barguzla is only because it's raw, it's not cooked. Why? How about sleep? But if it's, but if it's roasted, by klipa, it's going to need klipa, because, of course, it's hot, that's a little bit of what gets absorbed in. 
And this is another requirement, a very important requirement. The less bay pili, it doesn't have cracks in the meat. But if it's like if it, if the surface has cracks and crevices, that's its own problem. Obviously, pili also that will be also prohibited. So that's another factor. And another factor is if it's spiced with uh, with uh, this bird is spiced with various spices, so that also serves to soft the, soften the meat and make it more absorb, absorb, absorbing. And also, then it would talk be also. So we're talking about a really a raw bird that uh, fell into the dairy dip, and there's no surface of cracks. That's the one that you can actually rinse off. But it's again, when you think about it, all the requirements, it's not so easy to, to actually rinse it off. Uh, it depends on you have to have all the factors met. Which brings us to Ahmed Beis. Amar Rav, Rav says, Basar shechuta shamid. You have a kosher slaughtered piece of meat that's fatty, okay? Nice, a lot of high fat content. Chum meat, chum meat. Yeah, well, it depends which, who's chillin', okay? Shetzalo im basar nevela. And you roasted it with nevela meat, kochosh, which does not have a lot of fat content, okay? And you're putting them in the same. Oven, basically, same oven. Also, it's going to be prohibited. My time, why is that? Mefatmi mehadadi, because the fat of the of the kosher meat is going into the airspace and going into the non-kosher meat, and then it's going to come back and from it's going to draw the flavor of the non-kosher of the nevela, and it's going to go into the kosher meat. Basically, you can't cook nevelas. And uh, with your kosher meat and expect it to be kosher. That's the problem. Okay. The Levi Amar, wrong. Even the other way around. Even if it's a meat that is slaughtered, that's the, the lean meat, with a real fatty piece of non kosher meat, mutter, it's mutter. My time, why is it mutter? So, my cause, recha All it is is aroma. It's no real transfer. It's just the smell. The rechala milsi and smell is gurnish that doesn't really have anything. It's not an effect. Really? Yes. Sorry to come to a one on one question, but can you please uh, remind me what, uh, how, what is called, how can we define a veil? The veil means uh, uh, they didn't do a shrita on the behemoth. So it's not kosher meat. It's the, it's the meat that you buy in Fiesta without a hexer. They don't do shrita on it. And therefore, it's the nevela. Nevela means the animal just it died. Yeah. It was killed. So. However, it's dead without shrita. It's nevela. It's contrasted to shruta. Shruta means you had a proper, a proper yare shamayim shochet who shechted the animal. That's the process of basar shruta. That's kosher. Nevela is where the animal was, you know, how they, how they kill it in the non-kosher world. Don't we usually refer to a nevela? It's trafe. Of a... Like a... Not really. I don't think it's... I don't think that's the way... It's not an expression that I'm familiar with. We don't say 
uh, somebody who looked down on what a nevela. No, I don't think that's the case. Nevela, there is an idea, the, the, but it's something that's prohibited. That's all. But again, it, all it means is a regular kosher animal, but it wasn't slaughtered properly. So again, the meat's in any store. It's beef from cows. That's a kosher species, but it's not been slaughtered. Okay? All right. So that's the nevela. Okay. So that's Levi Shita, that this is, there's no real transfer here. All, even though they're being cooked together, it's not really transferring. The way it's working is, is that it's, uh, it's smell, and smell is nothing. One th- what happened? Ovid Levi Ovda Beirish One time Levi actually practically used his Shita, when, and how's the Rish Galusa? Bigdi Vidavar Acher. Davar Acher is a euphemism for, uh, for Chazir, for pig. And apparently they were cooked together. And he says, so it has a little porky smell to it. Not a problem, okay? That's very lenient, okay. Basically, we have a kasha on this. What's the kasha? You're not allowed to roast two korbanos pesach, one with another. Because of the mixture. Now, what mixture are we talking about? My love, tarovas to amin. Are we worried about the tastes mixing in with each other? Because it's transferring flavors this meat with the other meat, and once it transfers, basically then the meat, the meat A is for group A, meat B is for group B, and there's going to be flavor from, from groups B's carbon in the, in the group A's uh, Pesach, and they're eating from what's not there, so not, not part of the group, and that's the problem. And it's therefore a difficulty on Levi? No, that's not what it's saying. We're worried about the switcheroo, that they're going to take the wrong carbon home if you cook it in the same oven. That's why I said there might be a market here because everyone's going to be needing their own fire to be able to cook uh, the corn Pesach. Okay? makes a lot of sense. It's interesting. Even a goat and a sheep which, you know, a little harder to confuse. Uh, they don't look the same. Um, you still, um, they, they, they can't cook them together. What do you see? If it has to do with, the, we're afraid of the switch of bodies. Then that's a big chiddush. It's much harder to confuse. If it's just flavors, a transfer of flavors is a transfer of flavors. It really is irrelevant. That, that they're different species. The issue is that they're going to be switching the bodies. But the transfer of flavors, not a problem. So that's a question. Now, basically, Levi says that there is no transfer of flavors, but Rav uh, holds that, that there is transfer of, of flavors, because that was the original halacha of Rav. So is this a disproof to Rav? So the Gemara says, love Dafka. It's not a disproof to Rav either. And, um, and uh, here's Amar Rabbi Yirmiya. Rabbi Yirmiya answers on behalf of Rav. We're talking about over here. You cooked it in two separate areas, two pots. So it sounds like, what do you mean pots? I, you, can't, you can't cook your Pesach in a pot. Meaning they're separated by barriers. This is what it's saying. You're not allowed to cook them together because of Taroves. Everybody needs a separate oven. My Taroves, what do we mean by Taroves? Taroves, time him a transfer, a mixture of flavors. 
And even if it's like two pots where there's not going to be the lecator of time because there's a barrier between them, you've got a pile of coal in between the two, it's still usher, because we're also afraid of body trend, the, the, you'll think the wrong carbon and get confused. We're still worried that maybe you forgot that the one that you took for your group was the Gdi, maybe you think it was the Tle, and therefore we don't let any two Karbanos, Pesach, be, be roasted with the other. Okay. Amar Rav Mari, Rav Mari explains, Okay, we want to say that this Machlokes um, is perhaps of Recha Milsa, Recha Lav Milsa, between Rav and Levi, it's perhaps a Machlokes Tanoim. Why? Somebody who takes off from the oven fresh hot bread. And you put it on top of a hot, the hot bread, which is highly absorbing of, flavor, of smell, of aroma, and you put it on a barrel of wine, then the wine is truma. Rameir says it's also. Rebuda says it's mutter. He says it depends what kind of bread. A wheat bread is fine. But barley bread is highly absorbing, and therefore it draws the flavor of the wine into it, and it basically has the status of truma. Now, my love to know you. people dipping bread in wine No, 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 we're not talking about... No, 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 you put it above. It's on the barrel, but the, we're talking about that the wine is truma. So only kahanam are allowed to eat truma. Now, I'm not drinking the wine. Truma, it belongs to, it's only carnivore are allowed to eat it, but the wine smell, wine flavor is in the bread, and is that a problem or not? So it depends who you ask. According to a mayor, it's Asr. According to a Buda, it's Mutter. And according to a Biosi, it depends what kind of bread. Okay? My love today seems like it's a Machlok Stanoim. One opinion is it's only smell, smells nothing, that's Rebuda. And the other opinion is that Recha is Milsi. Lil Levi, according to Levi, there is no way out of it to say that it's the Machlok Stanoim, and he passes like Rav Yudah that holds its mutter. But the Rav named Tanai, is it really a Machlok Stanoim according to Rav? Not necessarily. Rav can argue, even Rav Yudah agrees that smell is significant and a factor and real. However, we've qualified and clarified that machlok is over there. If it's a hot loaf of bread and you have an open barrel, that's for sure going to be asr. It's a cold piece of bread and a sealed barrel. Because there really is not much... There's not much coming, not much coming in. It has only one of the two factors. It's either hot bread with a sealed barrel, or or cold bread and open barrel. In our case, which is what we're talking about of cooking these meats together, is this, they're both cooking together. That's like open. That's that's a real recha that is significant enough. That, qual- that hits the threshold that everybody would agree to. And therefore, it could be that every- Rav is not even coming into that Machlokas, because according to him, everybody agrees that there's a concept of Reicha. Okay. Tani Rav Kahana, Breder Rav Chinana Saba, he learned, Pas She'afam Betanor, if you bake your bread together with roasted meat in an oven, Asr La'achla you cannot eat that bread with a dairy product. That's the concept of Fleshiga Kalim. Okay, fascinating 
That's really the principle, or at least the idea no, behind this, it. This is, this is when you're cooking it together, right? But you're, you're, the point being is, in the same oven, it's uh, getting a little bit of an absorption of the, of the aroma, and therefore you cannot have it with dairy. Hahu uh, benisa, there was a fish, that was roasted together with meat. You didn't let you eat that fish with dairy. Okay. Mar barav ashi amar afil b'milcha nami You can't even have that fish with salt. Why? Mishum dekashi l'reicha l'davar acher. It's bad for reicha. Uh, I don't know what reicha is. Bad, bad aromas, bad smells, and it can bring to tzaras. And this is the source. Fascinating. The source of the danger of uh, having meat and fish together. This is the idea. It can bring to tzaras. That's like a sakana. And that's where all the customs of having a shot of whiskey after you have your fish. And after the fish to cleanse the mouth. Anyway, that's where the base is. We'll stop by here and take it from the Mishnah for today's, uh, for tomorrow's daf. A pleasure. Have a good Shabbos, everyone. Good Shabbos.